Well, here we are, the first episode. Welcome to Thoughts on Being Human. I'm Haley, and let's get started. I wanted to create this podcast to share some of my insights, my aha moments, and most importantly, my challenges and struggles. In the treatment room, I get asked so many important questions, and I think the answers can help us all, even if we're unaware that we need some answers. This past year has kindly forced me to look inward more than ever before, and my instinct has been to share all of my discoveries, the messy ones and the beautiful ones. I share tidbits with my clients, I write small excerpts on Instagram, and have lengthy discussions with my dad, but it didn't feel expansive enough. I wanted to reach more people. I wanted to expose my vulnerability and not only connect with others, but through sharing, connect more deeply with myself. And that's how this podcast was born. Yes, this podcast encompasses health and wellness, but I want to make it crystal clear that I am not a guru. I do not hold all the answers, nor do I want to. I do not want this to be me preaching about all the things I've figured out and telling you how you should live your life. I simply want this podcast to be a discussion that may bring to light all the things, both tragic and glorious, that make us human. When brainstorming ideas on what I wanted to talk about, I kept coming back to my treatment space. For those of you listening who don't know, I studied Chinese medicine and have been practicing now as an acupuncturist for seven years, which... Sounds like a long time when I say it out loud, Um, but I guess you could say I've accumulated a certain amount of knowledge over the years that I've always wanted to share, but um, just didn't know how. I've never been drawn to traditional teaching. I do share a little bit with my clients, especially those that ask questions. It's funny because so many people apologize for asking lots of questions, but I love it. It's a great way for me to try and explain not only my insights, but the concepts within Chinese medicine and what they say about health and wellness. So I thought it'd be only fitting to start this podcast with some themes and questions that come up a lot in the treatment room. I'm hoping that the answers will help us all, even if we're unaware that we're in need of answers. All right, so the first questions that come up quite a bit are, what are things I can do to take better care of myself? What are some daily practices that I can do to help keep myself in balance? What are ways that I can prevent the buildup of tension and emotion from occurring so quickly? Now, all of these are great questions that revolve around this theme of self-care. Now, I know this word has become a bit of a buzzword, which makes me hesitant to use it, But essentially, when I say self-care, I mean the practice of taking action to preserve and improve your own health, to take an active role in protecting your well-being and happiness, particularly during times of stress, which we've definitely been in for almost a year now. So trending or not, self-care is paramount if you want to maintain a certain level of health and wellness. Self-care definitely isn't a one-plan-fits-all type solution. For some, it's dressing up, putting on lipstick, blaring some good tunes and dancing in the living room. 
For others, it's phoning a friend and going for a long walk on your lunch break. It could even be staying in your pajamas all day and making pancakes for dinner, or reading a book with some tea before bed. So when people ask me what they should do, I always hesitate and say, well, it depends on what you need. Figuring out what you need throughout the day and throughout life is how you not only develop your acts of self-care, but it's how you cultivate self-love. All you need to do is check in with yourself regularly, especially during times when you're feeling negative emotion, and ask, what do I need right now? If there's no answer, don't worry. Close your eyes, put one hand on your heart and one on your belly, take a few deep breaths and ask it again. Don't push anything away or let the mind tell you you're being ridiculous. Deep in your gut, your body knows what it needs. But over the years, we may have stifled that little voice, so it's become very quiet. Once we begin to tune in again, it will allow the voice to get louder. And as we begin to actually listen to it, it will get so strong that we may not even need to tune in to know what we need. Remember, there's no wrong answers. Self-care looks completely different for every single person. I do often get asked what I do myself, so I'll share what's working for me right now, and this will probably change over time, but this last year, my self-care has heavily revolved around my morning and evening routines. So the first thing I do when my alarm goes off in the morning is put on a 10 to 15 minute meditation. I do this while I'm still lying in bed, slowly waking up. I used to wake up and the first thing I did was check my messages, emails, and social media. But honestly, I found that it significantly increased my levels of anxiety for the rest of the day. So after some resistance, and it was honestly tough, I finally said enough. I'm going to check, I'm not going to check my phone until I'm done my morning routine. So after my meditation, I usually put on the kettle, make myself some turmeric tea or hot water with lemon. I'll take this with me to the living room where we have a large window overlooking my favorite tree. And I'll sit there for a few minutes looking at the branches of the tree. Right now there's no leaves so I see all the birds flitting about, pecking at the moss that grows on its limbs. I take notice of any buds that may be forming, the sounds that the birds are making, and I just observe. After that, I pick up a piece of paper and write down all the things I need and want to get done in the day. No matter how trivial, I write them down. Then I'll put on a podcast and start my day. Only at this point will I go online and check my email and social media. I know it can be a hard habit to break, but if you take one thing away from my morning routine, it's do not check your phone first thing when you wake up. Equally as important to my morning is my evening routine. This one starts around 8.30, which may seem early, but if I want to get to bed at an optimal time, then it's best to start my wind down early. So first thing I'll do is get into my pajamas, turn down the lights, and put my phone in airplane mode. I'll set my alarm, and once I put it in airplane mode, I do not check it again until the morning. Then I'll do a 15 to 20 minute yoga session. 
usually accommodative, calming, restorative practice to get my nervous system out of fight or flight and into the parasympathetic. Once I'm done with the lights still dimmed, I'll transition into the bedroom where my salt lamp will be on. The reason I emphasize low light is because this will start to trigger your melatonin production. And if you want to have a deep sleep, you need high levels of melatonin. So make sure that you have some lighting that can be dimmed or some lamps that are kind of on the lower spectrum of light. When I get to my bedroom, I'll pull out my gratitude journal and write down five to 10 things I'm grateful for for my day. This is a practice I started back in May and it's something we could all benefit from. I discovered it while taking the Yale course Science of Wellbeing. It's been proven that practicing gratitude will increase your happiness. Giving thanks can literally make you feel better. So this is something I do every night. Then I'll take my CBD, I'll lie in my bed, put my hands on my belly and check in with my body. If I feel some strain in my neck, I may apply some essential oils or arnica. If I feel pressure or achiness in the soles of my feet, I'll roll them out for a bit. If my back is needing some love, I'll turn my heating pad on and let it warm the area. If my face and jaw feel tense, I'll grab my jade roller and release it. Whatever I feel, I honor and give attention. I should mention that my nightstand is fully stocked with all these self-care tools that I may need. With everything in arm's reach, I'm more likely to actually do it. If I had to get up to get my heating blanket in the living room or my jade roller from the fridge, it's one extra step that requires effort and I would be less likely to actually do it. Alright, so those are my morning and evening routines. Now I know a lot of you may not have the luxury of that much time for a routine, but even if it's 10 minutes, I honestly think that having this recurring habit of what you do every morning and night can have a really big impact on how you feel throughout the day and how well you sleep. Okay, so the second theme that emerges a lot in the treatment room centers around digestion. I can't tell you exactly what to eat because just like self-care, the optimal diet for every person is different. But what I always emphasize are three key points. Number one, variety is your best friend. The key to a healthy gut microbiome is diversity. Recent studies have found that individuals eating 30 or more varieties of plants in their weekly diet have more varied gut bacteria and ultimately a healthier gut biome. The different types of fiber and nutrients in these plants feed different bacteria in your gut, creating higher quality bacteria. So next time you go to the grocery store, take some extra time in the produce section and buy some new fruits and vegetables that you wouldn't usually eat or have never even cooked with before. And on the theme of plants, I do think we should all benefit, we would all benefit from eating a more plant-based diet, not just for our health, but the health of the planet. I'm not saying go vegetarian or vegan, but a few days a week, focus on eating plant-based. That chili that you wanna make, do a vegetarian version. Those blueberry muffins, try a vegan recipe. For so many meals and desserts, you would be surprised how easy they are to make and how delicious they taste 
without animal products. Number two, do not multitask while you eat. Plain and simple, don't scroll through your phone at breakfast, eat lunch at your desk while you're catching up on emails, and don't watch Netflix during dinner. When we're eating, it's best for our digestive system if we're fully present in the moment. That way, our blood will go to the lining of our digestive tract instead of our brains, and we'll be more likely to realize when we're full and the food will actually taste better. Yes, I know you have a huge list of things to do and if you can multitask while you eat, then you're being more efficient with your time, but at what cost? When we are distracted while eating, it literally inhibits the digestive system's ability to absorb nutrients. To get a bit of scientific, in order for our digestive system to perform its best, your body needs to go into what's called the cephalic phase digestive response, CPDR for short. This response is responsible for 30 to 40% of our digestion. So how do we get into CPDR? By smelling our food, by looking at our meal, by, feeding, by feeling our stomach rumble, by paying attention to our food instead of just shoveling it down our throat while we answer emails or scroll on Instagram. If you can get into your CPDR, you'll pro probably or properly absorb nutrients and therefore have more energy in your daily life. If you feel tired all the time and usually multitask while eating, I highly recommend practicing mindful eating. Make mealtime sacred again. Number three, Become aware of what's in season. This one's more simple and doesn't require as much explanation, but essentially our body gathers information about our external environment through the food that we eat. If we're eating lots of tropical fruit, our body gets the signal that we're somewhere hot with lots of sunshine. When if you're living in Canada and you're in winter, this is not matching with what's actually happening in the external environment. So we're sending the wrong messages to the cells of our body. Secondly, eating what's in season usually means you're eating things that can be grown more locally. Foods that are grown locally taste better and are actually more nutritious than those strawberries shipped from California or kiwis from New Zealand. Anything that is brought into your area has significantly lower levels of nutrients because They've been picked off the vine when they're not ripened yet. They've been covered in wax and preservatives to prevent rotting while they're traveling great distances before reaching you here. They also don't taste nearly as good as the produce grown here. Not sure what's in season? You can easily check the labels on all the produce you find in the grocery store. And another way to honestly understand what's grown locally is to visit a farmer's market. Everything they're selling is gonna be grown within a hundred mile radius. So I know I said three things, but I'm gonna add in a fourth. Number four, and this is particularly important for those who are experiencing digestive issues. Eat warm cooked foods. In Chinese medicine, the number one thing you can do to improve your digestive function is to avoid eating cold raw foods and instead opt for cooked warm food. When foods are cooked, they're already partially broken down, so your body has to expend less energy to break them down. 
and absorb the nutrients. If you've ever eaten a raw kale salad and gotten bloated and experienced abdominal discomfort, this is why. It's very hard for your body to break down the raw kale to extract its nutrients, so it ends up sitting in your digestive tract for a while, with our bacteria working overtime to break it down. Give those little guys a helping hand and steam, roast, or stir-fry your kale before eating it. And I get it, some of us love salads. And if you eat a salad, have some warm ginger tea after or before your meal. Same goes for smoothies. Add some fresh ginger to help warm up all those cold raw fruits and veggies. So it's easier for your digestive system. And women, when you have your period, it's even more important to avoid cold foods. I'm talking drink room temperature water, lots of tea and soup. Cold coagulates the blood and can oftentimes make your cramping worse. Okay, so the last theme that's been coming up more and more during treatments relates to the pandemic we're going through right now. It's definitely affecting us all on levels that we may not even be aware of. Um, here in BC, we've been under strict regulations since early November, and it's definitely been challenging for me. Many of my clients are struggling, and my heart goes out to everyone right now. There's definitely days where I don't feel like getting out of bed and my motivation and zest for life is low. So what can we do to help ourselves during these uncertain times? My answer is celebrate the small stuff. We have to create things to look forward to or else it's so easy to get bogged down into the heavy stuff. When I say small stuff, I literally mean a new recipe you're gonna try, the moment of sunshine hitting your face through the window, the home project, the great book, the fresh air on your walk. For me, it's noticing small change in, changes in the seasons. Right now on my walks, I can see little buds forming on branches, green shoots poking out through the earth, daffodils, snowdrops, and hyacinth are blooming. It's these little observations that bring me excitement and joy. Those of you living in colder climates where the signs of spring are still far away, Get yourself some indoor plants. Not only do they filter the air, but they definitely contribute to our sense of well-being. I'll spend a good 10 minutes every day checking in with my plants, observing new growth or a blooming flower. I love watching them grow. And again, it adds an element of joy into my daily life. So like I said, now more than ever before, we need to bring our awareness to these little things we would have previously overlooked before the pandemic. Cherish the small moments, the little wins, the tiny glimmers of beauty and hope. If we can try to stay present and focus on the now, I know it doesn't make the difficulty of our current situation disappear, but I do believe it will make us just a little bit happier. Thank you everyone for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the episode and subscribe for future thoughts on being human.